Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am a radio talk show host out of, of Phoenix, Arizona. I am the ringmaster of my conservative circus, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. It's a pleasure for me to be with you here today. Look, I got to tell you. The administration's double standard on Twitter and Apple is epic. And people are starting to notice it. People are taking notes at the hypocrisy. Now, of course, Twitter is a special story because Twitter, well, it used to belong to Jack Dorsey, and it was a fun way to communicate. And it was usually a, a, a platform that was used mostly by the elite, those folks out in Washington, D.C. You know, like the Morning Joe, the people who watch the Morning Joe and that kind of stuff. But it did have a healthy following. But then around 2016, 2017, something crazy happened. Actually, 2015, 2016. And that was Twitter was partly responsible, along with the YouTube and especially Facebook, of getting the the president, uh, President Trump, into office. I'm, I'm not kidding you. At the time, those of us that were using those platforms, we were seeing incredible numbers, astounding numbers. Please don't let anybody tell you that America is not a conservative country. They have a very strong conservative base. At the time, you were able to put out a tweet or put out a, a Facebook post, an Instagram post, and you would get 15, 20 million hits from one, one post. That was my world. That was my reality. It was kind of scary. The first time it happened, you're like, whoa. And then you start doing it again. And you realize that people really like the message that you're putting out there. Well, that message at the time was pro-conservative. It was pro-Trump. And I believe that Trump tapped into something and that was reinforced. That belief was reinforced because in 2018, you had Facebook and you had others start to to cut back, to throttle back on conservatives reach. You had conservatives get squashed, as a matter of fact, you had new algorithms that came out that uh, that uh, stifled your growth, your reach. Now, at first, you were kind of suspecting it, but you were like, who would do that? I mean, who 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 am I that they would pick me out? Oh, no, no. If you had an audience, you were someone. And they made sure that you were not heard. By 2020, this whole thing was under control. And then the unthinkable happened. You had Twitter deplatform a president of the United States. And Why? Because they didn't like what he had to say. Because they didn't like the fact that he was using Twitter to skip over the media and speak directly to the people who supported him. So Twitter did something that to this day still just, just blows me away. They canceled a president. And then everybody else fell into line. All the other platforms did the same thing. 
it still freaks me out. They went full board Chinese on the president. And then we started getting new terminology like disinformation and misinformation. Right before that, we had collusion. You had the, the president colluding with Russia. Now, after the Mueller report, we found out that that was all a lie. And even more recently, we found out that it was a Hillary Clinton's campaign that concocted all this stuff. We found out that, uh, and that's still our finding out, that January 6th is a big fat ruse. There's uh, insurrections, no insurrection. There's stifling of speech. There's the violation of your First Amendment rights. That's what that is. And we still have political prisoners that are suffering. January 6th, people who are in jail unjustly. All of this to get more control over you, but it started with Twitter. Do you remember how you were feeling about this all a year ago? There was no way out. I mean, there was no social media that you could use. We were told, you know, if you don't like it, start your own social media. Well, the cats at Parler did. And what happened? You started to get conservatives flocking over there. And then you had Google and uh, 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 iPhone, Google and Apple. Just cut them off at the knees. Deplatformed them. It became obvious. These were the gatekeepers, the gatekeepers to information. Later, we get Mark Zuckerberg, who goes on 60 Minutes. No, 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 not 60 Minutes. It was the Joe Rogan podcast. He was all enamored with Joe Rogan and spilled the beans. That the FBI and the CIA, well, they talk to social media people all the time and the media. And they had the Hunter Biden story squashed. That Hunter Biden story. Boy, the stuff that's on our laptop is so bad. And they believe that Joe Biden would never become president of the United States if it got out. So what did they do? They interfered in the elections and they canceled a story. Elon Musk, for some reason, he was disgusted by all of this. He said, you know what? Maybe I should start my own uh, company. People ridiculed him. But then he said, you know what? Forget that. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy Twitter. <laughs> People laughed at him at that too. He did it. People said he wouldn't be able to control it. He fired everybody. Two weeks ago, Twitter was supposed to go under. It didn't. And now, now you have uh, Elon Musk talking about really ushering in a modicum, a better, you know, more free speech. Not going to be total free speech, but more free speech. And he's talking about releasing the information of how Twitter did it, how they stifled the free speech of conservatives. And he's even talking about putting the information, the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop on Twitter. The left are freaked out. The Biden administration is freaked out. The deep state is freaked out. They were alarmed. Won't say freaked out. Alarmed. Then all of a sudden, we got the rumors. We got the threats that that iPhone, iPhone said, well, if if you're not going to abide by the laws of a of a, a censorship, we might just have to remove 
Twitter's app from the Apple Store. And this is when things get really, really good. Elon Musk, he put this tweet out there. Well, if if Apple removes Twitter's app from the Apple Store, I guess I'm going to have to sell my, uh, my Apple stock for a penny and give it to President Trump. <laughs> I wonder how much Apple stock did he use? I bet you enough that if he did that, it would create a huge problem for Apple. He also said that he's going to make his own phone, his own Tesla phone, and develop his own platform. Here's the thing. If he wanted to do that, he could. This is the guy who, after Ukraine had his telecommunications knocked out, repositioned his satellites over Ukraine to help Ukraine still communicate and coordinate. That's what that guy did. So, if he wanted to create his own platform, he has the technology, he has the hardware to do it. And here's the question you need to ask yourself. Who would be most upset by that? Well, Apple would be because they'd have a direct competition, a, a, a competitor. But he, they're not the only ones. You've got the NSA. You've got the FBI. You've got other intelligence, intelligence agencies around the world who will be rocked by that. Why? Because right now they control the flow of communication. All of those cables under the sea that carry our information. They control it. What Elon Musk would do by putting up his own platform would be fundamentally altering that. And the one thing those players don't want is for more people to have control. For more people to block their information, to keep their information from people like Google, people like, like Apple. So it made for a very interesting last couple of weeks. Now there's a truce. You had Elon Musk visit with uh, with the uh, uh, Apple. I forgot the guy's last name, Tim, somebody. And he put out a little video showing, oh, I'm enjoying myself on the Apple campus. And everybody was like, oh, but okay, you know, okay. Well, maybe we'll, we'll get some freedom still. Now, here's where things get really, really interesting. The State Department of the Biden White House, they've been called out on their hypocrisy when it comes to the way the State Department, the way, you know, uh, Apple's able to get away with so much and the way Twitter is being monitored. And there was one news reporter who did a fantastic job of putting the State Department on point. We will check out Martha McCallum and John Kirby. Coming up next, my name is James T. Harris, sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. You are listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. So happy to be sitting in for the Jesse Kelly today. Look, I am a big fat fan of uh, social media. I, I am. I actually got into radio because of social media. I was once a big blogger. And then I was a big fat uh, uh, social media influencer on Facebook back in the day. Facebook is the old now, right? Still dabble in it, but I do believe that it is the best way to communicate with your friends. It's the best way to set up groups of like-minded individuals. It is a fantastic technology when it's, when it's used right. 
what we have right now is uh, this technology being used wrongly. It's being used to curtail our, our freedoms. It's used to control us. When you get to the point where you're not able to, to, to put on social media what you believe happened with COVID, when it gets censored, when you get dismissed for, for misinformation, that's a problem. And these are things that we did not face before. At least we didn't know it. But now it's becoming so obvious as to be absolutely embarrassing for the left to continue to act like it's not going on. And when you look at how Apple computers is, is working with China to, to suppress their citizens, well, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Right now in China, you still have cities that are rebelling against the Qi, rebelling against the communist China government because of the draconian lockdowns that are going on in the name of COVID. And nobody believes that COVID has anything to do with it anymore. This is about Qi sending a message to the rest of the Chinese people that this is my country. I am in charge. The Chinese people have had enough. And they're using the technology uh, that is at their fingertips to help communicate and coordinate with their protests. But guess what? Apple's not having it. And Apple is working with the Chinese government, which is the, I mean, the most surveilled government in the world on facial recognition that could track you down. Your people get disappeared there. You've got China. I'm sorry, you got Apple helping China do that. And Martha McCallum, she had questions for John Kirby as to why this is happening. Joining me now on that and some other topics today is the NSC coordinator for strategic communications, John Kirby. John, welcome. Always good to have you with us. Thank you very much for being here. My pleasure. You, you know, this is an interesting uh, situation that has developed with, with Apple. And, and I want to start there and get your take on what Apple is doing because they have restricted, uh, which is what the Chinese government wants, some use of airdrop ability from iPhone to iPhone because they're cutting the service down. And this is the way the protesters are communicating with each other. What does the White House, what do you say to Apple about helping the Chinese government to keep their people under control? Look, in general, and we've uh, been clear about this all around the world, we uh, uh, we want the individual citizens, uh, no matter what government they live under, to be able to communicate oh, freely and openly, really? transparently and reliably. Uh, and we've uh, we've made that clear with respect to Iran, and we certainly continue to make that clear here with respect but to China. But have you made that now, clear look, to Apple? Apple, <laughs> Apple? Apple's a private company, Martha. They have to make uh, decisions, and uh, they have to speak for those decisions. But but here at the White House, here in the administration, we want to see that, that individual citizens, whether they're protesting or not, uh, but in this case, I know that's the context we're talking about, are, are able to communicate freely and openly. You've got to be kidding me. This is the concern of the Biden administration, that people are able to, to openly and freely communicate with each other? Seriously? You know, you had uh, Macron of, of Canada. He, he was warning China yesterday, we're watching you. We're watching what you do, and we believe in freedom. We believe in the right to protest. Oh, oh, oh really, sir? Was it not Macron? That was Trudeau, Justin Trudeau. Trudeau, son of, of, of Fidel Castro up there in Canada. He's the one that was saying that. After what we watched them do with the, with the freedom convoy, as we watched Canada shut down bank accounts, confiscate, confiscate money, arrest truckers, 
And then we learn that this was at the, he did this at the behest of the Biden administration. Ooh. It's not just China. This is, this is the West working with China, you know, to give us some Chinese style, you know, lockdowns. Credit scores. And you got John Kirby, the State Department, having the audacity to talk about, oh, yes, we believe in the, we believe that people should have the right to protest. We believe that people should have the freedom to communicate, John Kirby. But why not say something to Apple? Because we were just told the other day that the White House is keeping an eye on Elon Musk and Twitter. Really? So why yeah. would you say that from the podium? You didn't say it, but Karine Jean-Pierre said it. And not call Apple out for helping the Chinese government to suppress their own people's ability to communicate. Yeah, why? Uh, again, I think we've been very clear and consistent on this. Uh, certainly publicly, we've been very open about uh, our desires to be able to see citizens communicate. Uh, and, and, you know, Apple, uh, if this is a decision that they're making, then uh, they should have to speak to that. But uh, we, you know, we're not, <laughs> it's we can't, and we aren't in the business of, of telling private companies how to, to execute uh, their, their initiative. Yeah, but Twitter's You're a private company too. So why is Twitter getting one treatment and Apple's getting another is my question. It's an excellent question, isn't it? How come Twitter's getting treatment, one treatment, and Apple's getting another? Well, yeah, wait, wait, this is a private business. So, so is Twitter. And remember, Elon Musk and others were told, wait, if you don't like this, you can go start your own company. Well, they did. So how come the United States is favoring Apple that's favoring China, but they got their eye and want to investigate Twitter? We're going to get into that question coming up next. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. You are listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can check me out on Twitter at James T. Harris. We are talking about the the treatment, um, the the bias, the double standards when it comes to how the U.S. government is treating Apple and how the U.S. government is treating Twitter. Now, Twitter was recently acquired by by Elon Musk. And before Elon Musk acquired Twitter, he was much beloved by many of the lefties. My, oh my goodness, he has the most popular electric car out there. And I have to tell you, I kind of like the Tesla. I don't dig American cars, but I, I like the tex- Tesla. I like the technology and all that kind of stuff years ago. Wouldn't buy one, well, not yet, but still. After Elon started talking about free speech and after he acquired Twitter and after he cleaned it out and started living up to his word, then all of a sudden he is evil. This man is a danger to democracy. We've had the, the United States of America say we have to keep our eye on them. We have to investigate Twitter. What was it? Maxine Waters said, you just keep it up, Elon Musk, and we will show you how to run your business. Ooh, ooh, and they're serious. Meanwhile, you've got Apple who's threatening to deplatform or should say take a Twitter's uh, uh, app out of their out of their app store. You've got Apple who is threatening to to interfere with the development of Twitter, where at the same time, you've got Apple helping the Chinese government control the Chinese people. It's so confusing, isn't it? Apple, a company.
company that was growing up in America became a world company and now is doing the bidding of the communist Chinese and trying to undercut the one social media, the only social media in America that's dedicated to free speech. It's all assets backwards, isn't it? Martha McCallum, she's on it. She had John Kirby from the State Department on her show. And I got to tell you, she did a fantastic job and she actually rattled John Kirby. Who? Wh- wh- how can he defend this? How can he defend the double standard? You know, he could have said, you know what, Martha, if it, if it weren't for double standards, the left would have no standards at all. But he didn't do that. No, he didn't. Well, these are completely two different circumstances. You're talking about the potential. Well, you're talking about the uh, the potential for perhaps uh, foreign investment and involvement uh, <laughs> in the management of Twitter. That's really? a different issue than what we're talking about here, which is a business decision by Apple with respect to how one of their uh, applications is being well, utilized. Certainly they're Those getting influenced by, the, by a foreign government, uh, and that government is China. Boom. And Apple's no, policies, uh, they've changed policies specifically for China Boom. when it comes to what they put on their phones. Right. I mean, and that I think, seems like something Apple, that the White House ought to be able to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. I th- certainly think that's a fair question to ask Apple and, and, no. and, and try to un- and make them no, John. Uh, communicate why they did this. But I don't uh, think, has we, the White House done that? Have you reached out to them as a matter of national security, since we obviously have national security concerns with China, who they seem to be aiding in this process. It's beautiful. No, no, John, I'm asking you, has the White House had a conversation with Apple? See, that's the way it used to be. Apple can't tell the United States government what to do. It's the United States government that should suggest to Apple what they should do. And if they don't like what they're doing, pressure them to change. Why? Because Apple's an American company. Oh, but my, how times have changed. The reality is you have Apple colluding with China, colluding with the Biden administration. And let me just go on a little sidebar here for a second. Could this be the reason why the deep state and the Biden administration didn't want us to take a look inside of a Hunter Biden's laptop? Does China have Biden in its, its back pocket? Does Ukraine have Biden in its back pocket? All of these pay to pay deals? All of the, the money that's been flowing from these governments into the coffers, into the Biden crime family coffers. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Nobody's asking these questions. Back to Martha McCallum. What a fantastic job. She held John Kirby's feet to the fire. And John Kirby folded like a wet Stinky napkins. Sure, I don't have any communications to speak to specifically with Apple executives. Again, it's a private company. Uh, they make these policies, and they should have to answer for that. Oh, what we should. want to see is that citizens are, are reliably able to communicate, whether it's a time of crisis or not. Yeah, but you, I, I, I go back to the same thing, because we were just told that the White House will keep an eye on Twitter yeah. because they're concerned about the new Twitter 2.0 that right. Elon Musk is in, putting in where he wants more free speech on Twitter. So they're going to keep an eye on Twitter, and yet you're taking a hands-off approach. You say there's been no communication with Tim Cook at Apple said, about this process in China with the Chinese government? It's absolutely fantastic, the point that she is making. Oh, you're going to keep an eye on Twitter. 
And you're going to keep a thumb on Twitter. You're going to get all up in Twitter's junk because they want to have free speech. They want to, to practice American principles of, of freedom of expression. But you're giving Tim Cook over there at, at Apple free reign. Oh, Tim Cook, he was asked about all this stuff the last couple of days. He was asked about China. He was asked about, you know, uh, the communist government that he's doing their bidding for. And his answers were so funny. He was talking about the history of China. Making uh, the Chinese people, you know, more wealthier. You know, as if they have some type of uh, 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 capitalist system. No, no. What's amazing about what we're watching is how the left is being exposed, but more importantly, how big tech is being exposed. See, the American people, they know this. They, they, they can feel this. But one little move by the richest man in the world, and now they're fully exposed. Talking to some philosophers over the last couple of months, and uh, they said, you know what? Whenever you have a big fat revolution, rarely is it from the ground and works up. In order for a revolution to be successful, you have to have the elites involved and pushing. You know what? When you think about the founding of the United States of America, that's exactly what you had. The founding fathers. You know, those white guys that Democrats want to complain about all the time? Yeah. Well, they were elite. They were your lawyers. They were your businessmen. They were your entrepreneurs. They were also the ones that were talking about give me liberty or give me death. They were the ones that, 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 that spent their fortune, invested in this country in blood, sweat, and tears. They spent their treasure. And they sparked a revolution that the rest of the colonists went along with. Not all together. Some of them fled, you know, went to, you know, the, the Union folks, they fled and went north to Canada. But those who stayed behind, whom by the grace of God won the war, well, they set up a country that was dedicated to, to government protecting the citizens, protecting government from the rights, keeping, preserving your rights. This is the first time you had a government that was set up not to protect itself, but to protect your individual freedoms. That's why Benjamin Franklin said, when a woman asked him, what do, what do we have? You have a republic if you can keep it. That republic is slipping away. But thank goodness for people like Elon Musk, the elite, the richest man in the world who came over here from South Africa. What is he doing? He's pushing back. He's trying to to preserve the republic. At least that's what I think. My name is James T. Harris having a ball sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. The Jesse Kelly Show. My name is James T. Harris. I am a talk show host out of Phoenix, Arizona, the Valley of the sun. It's my pleasure to be sitting in for Jesse Kelly this Friday night. Are you guys paying attention to what's happening out there in Georgia? The big Georgia runoff? I have to tell you. I, I've just lost all of my, my feel for that. It's, it's, it, yeah. 
The way the elections turned out this time around, it just left me a little bit burnt out on getting all excited about elections because I think there's so many, so many shenanigans, so much shenanigans have gone on that I, I really can't put any type of energy. I, I can't put any type of, of joy in looking at these elections. And I still remember what happened during the last runoff. Remember in Georgia? Oh, it came down to who will control the Senate. Oh, and it was supposed to be a horse race. And the problem is, uh, it, it just feels so much like that again, the same thing. You had the lieutenant governor from Georgia come out and flat blast Herschel Walker. What? Dude, you're a Republican. I think that Herschel Walker's not a quality. He's not a quality candidate. He's not the kind of candidate that we need. Dude, you're a Republican. What are you doing? Well, what he's doing is he's an establishment Republican. And what we saw in midterm elections was the, you know, the, the night of the long knives, the massacre. <laughs> we saw Trump candidates get massacred. And they're just trying to finish the job. Because the way I see it, the establishment is trying to reinsert themselves and they're saying it's my way or it's the highway. And when you look at what's happening in Washington, D.C., in the in the House, you're seeing something similar. Kevin McCarthy, well, it was just presumed that he's going to be the next speaker of the House. Really? Really? Because I know people who are not having it. Being from the great state of Arizona, I have an opportunity to talk to Congressman Andy Biggs all the time. He's like, not having it. There's like 10 Republicans that are just not having it. He needs all 10 of those people to become speaker. Well, then Kevin McCarthy said, I may just have to go over to the Democrats and get their help. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You go do that. The establishment is showing themselves from the lieutenant governor over there in Alabama. Oh, Herschel Walker. And what's so sad about the whole thing is they're just playing into the Democrats' narrative. The You've got two black people running for the Senate in Georgia. You've got the Reverend Ralph Warnock, and you've got Herschel Walker. Why can't they just battle it out on ideas? Can't let that happen. No. No. You see, Herschel Walker is the wrong kind of black person. He's the wrong black. See, when you want, you know, you pick up for, you know, the right blacks, you got to go to the Democrat Party. Don't trust me. I'm not making this stuff up. This is exactly what Joy Reid is talking about. This is what she said. You got to pick the right blacks. That is the, the black excellence that yeah. Democrats expect. Yeah. And that that's why black folks vote for Democrats. If Republicans <laughs> want to answer the question, that's the answer, right? I mean... Gary Chambers in Louisiana, Chris Jones is a literal rocket scientist yeah. that ran in Arkansas, Charles literal. Booker in Kentucky, Mandela Barnes, who was the lieutenant governor. It's what the expectations that are met sure. among black folks, which is a Stacey Abrams. Yeah. You know, that's what people, that's, what, that's why mercy. black folks vote for Democrats. Right. That's why black folks vote for Democrats. Stacey Abrams, the gap tooth supermodel. Stacey, when she smiles, you can see the gold pulse. We love Stacey Abrams. She used to write soft porn, right? That's why we like that. Black folks like Stacey because she wrote soft porn. We had a bona fide rocket scientist. Black. Yeah. 
We had Mandela Barnes. That's not his real name. That was his middle name. But you know what? He, you know, he went with Mandela. Why? Because that makes him sound like Mandela Nelson. That makes him sound more, you know, uh, more ethnic. Sort of like Barack Hussein Obama. Quality black people. Quality black people. Forget the fact that, uh, that uh, Herschel Walker is one of the greatest running backs in the NFL. That's not quality, James. That's athletic. Are you serious? I'm talking about quality black people. Let's hear uh, Joy Reid again. That is the, the black excellence that black Democrats excellence. expect. That's, right. that's why black folks vote for Democrats. If Republicans right. want to answer the question, that's the answer, right? I mean... Gary Chambers in Louisiana, Chris Jones is a literal rocket scientist that ran in Arkansas, Charles Booker in Kentucky, Mandela Barnes, who was the lieutenant governor. It's what the expectations that are met among black folks, which is a Stacey Abrams. You know, that's what people that's what that's why black folks vote for Democrats. That's why black folks vote. Wait a minute. That's why black folks vote for Democrats. He doesn't care. Hey, what about Hank Johnson? Isn't he a congressman out of Georgia? Isn't he the congressman that thought that they put too much uh, military hardware on one side of the island? Guam, Guam may capsize. What about Maxine Waters? (laughs) There's quality black folk right there. Maxine Waters. How about Sheila Jackson Lee? Isn't she a recently released slave? I believe she is. That's quality black people. It's nauseating. It's nauseating. You know, it can't be about ideas with the left. Oh, no. It's about ethnicity. But see, when you get two people of color, two people from the same ethnic background running for the same seat, well, then it's about quality. And everyone knows that it's the Democrats that have the quality blacks. Republicans don't have quality blacks. Republicans don't even have quality whites because all the Republicans, you know, they're racist. <laughs> it's, it's the Democrats. Well, you know, the Democrats, they, they have quality whites, but they're old. They're all ancient. They're like Nancy Pelosi. They're like Chuck Schumer. Nancy Pelosi, how old is she? 400? Is she just drying up on a cracker? Nancy Pelosi, she had to pass over the baton and look who she passed it to. Equality black. Hakeem Jeffries. Oh, Am I making you uncomfortable? I can say these things because I'm an American African descent. But you know what? We will truly have overcome when white folks can say it too. <laughs> that's how that's how we should be able to work. Support each other. Free to be you. Free to be me. Free to be American. We're going to talk about uh, some more of these races. And the craziness is breaking out all across the country because Democrats are in charge. My name is James T. Harris, sitting in for the Jesse Kelly Show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.